Welcome back to Goddess Entrepreneur. This is episode two, and today I want to talk about the entrepreneurial spirit and how, for me personally, working for myself has always been the only option. And I want to start by mentioning or noticing or inviting you to notice how this word, this term entrepreneurial spirit includes the word spirit. And I remember back when I was working for my brother's startup back in 2011, 2012, them describing me as having the entrepreneurial spirit and obviously describing themselves in that way as well, but noticing that I had this quote unquote entrepreneurial spirit. And I have three older brothers, by the way, and the two older ones are both entrepreneurs. And the one right above me is not an entrepreneur. He has the stable desk job and that's how he likes it. And he's not the boss. Actually, he might be the head of his department, but overall there's someone else in charge and he's cool with that. And I have absolutely no disrespect for that. I think that knowing really who you are, what you like, and how you want to operate in the world is super important. There are some things to look out for to really know if you have this quote-unquote entrepreneurial spirit. Spirit is involved, especially if you're a goddess entrepreneur. Spirit is deeply involved. We talk about spirit on this podcast. Spirit is the leader, the guide, and is often the thing that is really pulling us in one direction or another. And so I think it's really powerful that the term entrepreneurial spirit is pretty mainstream because it has this admittance that spirit is involved. And some things to look out for to really know if you have the entrepreneurial spirit, at least in the 3D. These are the 3D ways you could really look at if you have it, if you've got it. And the main thing is that the entrepreneurial spirit is what causes you to take full ownership of what you do. You take 100% full responsibility for your life. So therefore, as I mentioned in my previous episode, when you're an artist and you believe that life is art, everything you do is art. Whether you're getting dressed or you're making dinner or you're making a graphic or you're painting. So often we box these things into different little categories. Oh, painting is art. Or another common one that I see is the whole belief that only some people are singers. If you're a human and you have a voice, you're a singer. So we'll talk about that another time. But basically the point that I'm getting at here is that when you have the entrepreneurial spirit, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You're making it the best possible that it can be. You're taking full ownership for it. You're not just leaving your desk at the end of the day and leaving everything at work and just coming home and being almost a different person. You're not leading this double life. This is your life. And Oftentimes, when you have the entrepreneurial spirit, it really means that you 
are looking at everything through that lens of how could we do this better? And in the business world, looking at something like, oh, how could we do this better? You can get really scientific about it in terms of business processes. But for goddess entrepreneurs, we're looking at how can we do this better in terms of how can we make our life into a masterpiece? How can we make this be as beautiful as a work of art? How can we do this better for the planet? How can we do this better for the collective? How can we do this better for our families and for ourselves? That's really what it means to have the entrepreneurial spirit as a goddess entrepreneur. So yeah, you can create processes to work smarter and have new ideas that cause things to flow better in your business. But at the end of the day, it's less about increasing your profit margin so that you make more money. And it's more geared towards how can we do this better for the planet, for the collective, for our family, for ourselves, for the overall spirit that's running through us. So I definitely want you to keep that in mind. If you find yourself on the entrepreneurial journey and you don't resonate with the traditional masculine-led business, which I'll go fully into depth in another episode, but obviously if you're here, I'm assuming that you are aligned with taking a more spiritual approach to your business and really being a goddess and someone who takes full responsibility for their life ownership for everything that they do and seeing every action as a piece of art as a stroke of the paintbrush onto the canvas a lot of us think that something unsexy like an email funnel or a part of our website can't be beautiful but let me tell you it can everything can cause a beautiful effect on other people when you give it that intention, when you really give it the attention that it needs to speak to the person that you're trying to speak to and affect them and make them feel things. This all happens when you take full ownership and when you make everything that you do into a masterpiece or into a piece of art. And when I say masterpiece, I definitely don't mean that it needs to be perfect. So I want to be clear about that as well. So a few more qualities of the entrepreneurial spirit is usually that we are natural leaders. And so when you're a natural leader, that's when you can turn to another person and say, I need you to do this, or can you do that for me? Because you know what needs to be done and you know that you are not going to be able to do it all alone. This is a big thing that I see a lot of entrepreneurs doing is that they have this belief that nobody can do it better than themselves. And I used to have this belief. I used to really get overworked and I would overwhelm myself with tasks because I would just think, no, there's no one that can do this like I can. Well, there isn't until you train somebody So (laughs) always knowing that you are going to need support. You are going to have to lead. Yes, you need to lead yourself first, but you need to really hone your skills of leading other people, teaching other people, training other people to help you so that you can go further. You will not be able to do it all on your own. So As I said, it's good to have that spirit, this innate ability to take ownership for everything you do, but you also need to be able to 
inspire other people to help you do it and bring out the best in other people and not just be like, oh my God, you're doing it wrong. You're fired, but actually helping someone help you. And that takes a leadership skill that it takes time to hone it. It's not something that we're Yes, we can be born with certain inclinations for it, but it takes a lot of growing and learning and practicing and admitting your own mistakes, letting the people that work for you make mistakes, redirecting them, etc. Another quality to the entrepreneurial spirit is that you're motivated by challenges. And this is something that it really can't be faked. I hate to say it. If you are the type of person who wants to throw your computer out the window when you're troubleshooting something or you're just ready to throw your hands up and give up and walk away, that might be a sign that you either, it's not that you can't do it, but you need to really lean into it. That's your growth edge. Your growth edge is that you want to give up when you feel challenged and when you're an entrepreneur, you need to be like, okay, this is a great learning opportunity. This is an opportunity to learn something new. If everything's against me, this is my opportunity to beat the odds. If I'm the underdog, I'm about to come out on top because I'm going to come this challenge. That kind of needs to be your spirit around challenges. And if it's not, that could be a really big hurdle for you. Be on the lookout for that. And I, I know that as someone who does online business management. So I help other women manage their businesses. Sometimes it's okay to not be motivated by a challenge and to delegate that. That's also a really powerful skill. So I also really want to be clear about that is that you can ask for support for the things that you're feeling really challenged by. You will need support. But if you're ready to give up and go completely back to the drawing board, definitely do a check-in with yourself and make sure that you are making the right choice to be in the position that you've put yourself in because maybe it's not for you. And honestly, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. I believe that if you really want it to be, it can be, but I don't expect it to be for everyone. I definitely know that it has challenged me quite a bit to be an entrepreneur because at the end of the day, there is that self-ownership, that that responsibility, quote unquote, everything is on me. And I don't mean that in a way of you feel this extreme pressure all the time, but at the end of the day, that can make or break you. Some people really don't respond well to that kind of pressure of everything is on me. Whereas for me, Everything being on me is liberation because I trust myself. I know that I can do it. I know that I can overcome any challenge and that I will go to bat for myself and for my business and for the people who work for me and for my clients and for my family and for the work that I believe and I know that I'm doing for the collective. To me, it's the most extreme form of liberation that everything is on me. So you can reframe that. Oh shit, everything is on me. Or you can be like, wow, everything is on me. Therefore, this is going to be amazing. Another thing that will give you a clue that you have the entrepreneurial spirit is that you are the type of person who is ready to do. You are ready to get your hands dirty, be in the business, work in the business, and you're not just going around and talking about it all the time. I think it's really funny. The person that's popping into my head is the, I can't even remember the dude's name, 
the dude from WeWork, he was such a big talker and everyone thought he was such a, an amazing entrepreneur and all this kind of stuff. But all he ever did was bark orders at people and talk about how amazing he was. And he fooled a lot of people. A lot of people put a lot of money into this dude and he was not a doer. He was just a talker and talk is cheap. Okay. And so if you are not willing to get your hands dirty and work inside your business, that's a big red flag. And going back to that dude again, some people, they are really good at bullshitting their way to the top and that's 0.0001% of people I think have the ability to bullshit their way to the top and really lie to themselves and lie to other people. And if you're a goddess entrepreneur, you don't have that. You're not a bullshitter. You're not going to be lying to yourself. So you're in the clear. That's good news for you. But I'm also just wanting you to pay attention in yourself when you are really just wanting to talk, 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 give idea, 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 and not implement. Okay. An idea is nothing without implementation. Another thing is decision-making. Okay. And I know that a lot of us as women were programmed to be like, I don't know. I don't know. What do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want to do today? I don't know. Like, I don't know where the shit comes from. And I don't say that in a derogatory way towards other women because I do it too. I can't even tell you how many times I say I don't know. And I started to feel disgusted by it. And I, a good reframe for I don't know is I choose to know. I choose to know. If you find yourself continuously being saying, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, or someone asks you something, I don't know, or it's an important question about your business and you're, I don't know. Try to get yourself to say, I choose to know instead. Okay, please do it for me first and then do it for yourself and you'll see a big shift in the energy. So when it's time to make a decision in your business, it's not that you want to be rushed about it. You don't need to know immediately, but you do want to be thoughtful about it. You do want to be really crisp with your decision making. So being on the fence, especially when you are in that position where you start leading other people, it's confusing and it's confusing on so many different levels, but the main place that it's going to be confusing is in the 3D. So in the 3D, you're going to start to have your results get tripped up or your income get tripped up, or you might have some dead weight in your business in terms of employees or contractors that you have working for you that you can't make a decision about whether you need to fire them or not. And da, 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 da. We'll talk about hiring and firing in another episode, but usually if you are questioning if you should fire someone, the answer is probably yes, but we'll talk about that another time. So quick but thoughtful when it comes to decision making. And I don't mean quick in a masculine way. I just mean, instead of quick, I really just mean clear, really clear, but thoughtful when it comes to decision making. You're going to have to make decisions in your business. It is unavoidable. Another quality of the entrepreneurial spirit, which my goddess entrepreneurs are going to have is that they are willing to take risks and they're optimistic about the risks they're excited about doing something that's never been done before. They're excited to experiment with it and to see what kind of results that they can get. And they understand that it's a risk. 
I think that's a big part of why a lot of people never start their own business or get into entrepreneurship is that they want the certainty. They want to know if I put in A and B, I'm going to get C. They want that clear cut result. And if you want that kind of clear cut result, there's business models for that, like franchises, for example, that might be your thing. But if you really want to take a risk and you want to try something new, then you probably got the entrepreneurial spirit. And it can be natural to be a risk taker, but it can also be a honed skill. Okay, here we go. I'm taking a risk. I'm jumping off the high dive. Let's do this. Let's see what happens. You really got to have that kind of air about you of let's see what happens. Because as an entrepreneur, you're going to be trying out so many different strategies and you're going to have to see what happens. And there's so many different components of strategy, for example, because not every business strategy is going to be something that goes well with your energy. We all have our own specific type of energy. And so you also need to make sure that whatever strategy you choose is in alignment with your particular energy. I also really see in goddess entrepreneurs and people with the entrepreneurial spirit in general is that they are ambitious. I think it's really funny that when I was younger, people would describe me as ambitious like in a negative way, which I always thought was funny. I was like, wait a second, is this a bad thing? Whew, had to sneeze there. Pravda. <laughs> in Russian, when you sneeze, as you're saying something, you say pravda and it means truth. So whatever I was saying just now is the truth. Ambition is a good thing. It is not a bad thing. But I thought it was funny that I was kind of described that it was seen and like this, whoa, she's ambitious. Watch out for that one. Be careful around her. I especially remember it being used, quote unquote, against me when I was dating someone and his parents were like, she's ambitious, but they were more warning him like, you can't handle her. And they were right. <laughs> they were right. Kind of funny. And if you're a goddess entrepreneur, you're ambitious because you have a better vision for the future of your family, the future of humanity, and you want to make it a reality. And this is what is true for me. Like I have been so ambitious about my vision for the future of humanity my entire life. My mom would love to poke fun at me like, you're so utopian, you have the utopian ideals. And I'm like, are you seriously upset right now that your kid wants to change the world for the better? <laughs> what a weird attitude to have. But that was my reality. It was not like, oh, yay, you're so amazing. You want to help change the world. It was like, you can't do that. That's not possible. And now as an adult, I'm like, watch me. <laughs> oh, anyway, so if you are a goddess entrepreneur and you see a better vision for the future, there is nothing that's going to stop you from trying to make that a reality. It is in your nature and there is nothing that anybody can do to stop you. Tell them to sit back and watch. If you have the entrepreneurial spirit, you are also resourceful. You don't need anything to get started, especially in online business. There's this meme that I saw created. It's like a tweet or something. It's one of those like tweet memes by Janae Rose. She's in the online business world. And I thought her meme was so funny. I'll have to link it in the show notes if I can find it. She does repurpose it quite a bit, but it basically was like, dude's startup raises 10 million 
and burns five million per year. And then she put my dumb little coaching business, raised zero dollars, makes two million per year. That is a mic drop because we don't need to raise crazy funds to start an online business. You just start. You just start. You just do it. You work with what you have until more resources come later. Like when I started my business, oh my God, I wanted a VA. I wanted an assistant so bad right away, but I didn't have the resources to pull it off. But the moment that I did, that is when I hired my first VA. I started working on my leadership skills and everything fell into place from there. And I now have five VAs and it's amazing. And I love it. Because I love delegating and we'll have a whole episode about leadership and team and delegating and all those kinds of things. But you're resourceful. You're just like, okay, what can I do now? I see a lot of goddess entrepreneurs being like, oh, I need one more certification or I need to take one more course. And you really don't. You can. But if you think that is what you need to do in order to start your business, you're wrong. You really are. Now, you can if you are going to start maybe doing sessions or coaching people in a methodology that you haven't been trained in. That's not what I'm encouraging here, but I'm saying there is something that you can do to either earn the money to do that type of certification or to just get started so that you don't find yourself in procrastination. You can do it. There's something you can do. There's some kind of service you can offer. So just want to put that out there. Yeah. So like I said, if you have the, the entrepreneurial spirit, you're excited to learn and grow. You see challenges as opportunities. You see business as like a fun experiment and you're excited to lead. I'm always excited to learn a new skill. I remember the first time I ever had to fire someone. I said to myself right before the Zoom call, <laughs> I was going to fire this person. Okay, I can either be mortified and put off firing this person, which by the way, I had already done. I had already procrastinated firing this person because I had never fired someone before. And so right before the Zoom call, I was like, this is a powerful opportunity. And this might be the first time, but this is not going to be the last time. And I don't say that in a way like I fire people all the time, but it happens. Sometimes you you need to let somebody go and it sometimes it has nothing to do with them. I fired someone where I was just like, listen, you've grown out of this job. This isn't for you. You're supposed to be doing something else that's way better. So you know what I mean? Every opportunity to learn and grow is something that a goddess entrepreneur, somebody with the entrepreneurial spirit is excited about. Optimism just might be like a prereq for entrepreneurship. You kind of have to believe that things will work in your favor. And one of my favorite mantras, which I learned from Manifestation Babe, I think that she learned it from someone else. I can't remember to be perfectly honest with you, but I feel like some part, as I've been following her for a while, I feel like at some point she did mention like where this phrase came from. And I, forgive me, I don't remember, but the phrase, my success is inevitable. My success is inevitable. I live by that phrase. My success is inevitable. Our success is inevitable. And why? Because we believe, we believe we've got spirit that's leading and guiding us to do the things that we have that are on our path. This is the business that spirit has guided me to do. This is the business that spirit has guided you to do, whatever your business is. And therefore your success is inevitable. Whether it turns into something else 
or it evolves or you pivot, it doesn't matter. Your success is inevitable. All the attributes that I just spoke about, the quote unquote entrepreneurial spirit, could easily be used to describe the personal development path. Am I right? To me, entrepreneurship is a crash course in personal development. And I just, to me, it's one of the best ways to really master yourself, who you are, gain emotional intelligence, develop your leadership skills, really learn the skill of bringing a vision that you have into life, which is actually what manifestation is. I have the thing in my mind. Now let's make it a reality. I have the 5D service that I provide or the 5D energy that wants to be anchored in the 3D. And so I'm going to do the work to anchor it into this third dimension. That is what goddess entrepreneurs are doing. They're doing 5D soul mission work anchored in the 3D, anchored in the physical. As I mentioned, I worked for my brother's startup company back in the early 2010s, and I noticed a lot of of the challenges of new business. That's another thing that I wanted to talk about today in this podcast episode is that there are challenges that come with having a new business or or even if you have an existing business, a new product or new offering. We talked about a few of them above. Obviously, the big one is leadership, which is leading yourself first and then being able to lead others. That is a huge challenge um, in and of itself. In fact, that's the boss level. (laughs) Like when you're playing the video game, like that's the boss. The boss is you (laughs) and your shadow and your self-doubt and your lack of self-esteem or lack of self-trust and really building all of those things up, which is funny in the 3D, literally when you're an entrepreneur, you're the boss. But what I mean is that also in the 5D in terms of self-mastery and leading yourself, you're the boss as well. So that's what I mean. Entrepreneurship is the ultimate personal development path. I wouldn't have it any other way. This is where I have to be. I've gained so much trust in myself just from being on this path. I was even just thinking the other day how my life used to be full of so much rumination, like thought rumination, like how did that person perceive me, replaying conversations or arguments in my head and how I, what I should have said differently or how I could have owned that person better or making fun of people or judging people. That's what my mind used to be full of in my 20s and drama and oh my God, I can't believe this person did that. And I have none of that. I am not fucking exaggerating. That does not exist in my life anymore. And it honestly blows my mind. It's just, I don't ruminate. If anything, the only things that I'm ruminating about are, oh, did I remember to put that task in ClickUp? (laughs) And then sometime 10 o'clock at night or when I'm falling asleep, I'll go put a task in ClickUp. And then the next day, somebody on my team will be like, you just made a duplicate. Okay. Clearly I do have my shit together. (laughs) And it's just this little night. Sometimes I'm like, do I have my shit together for a split second? And I'll do something silly. ClickUp, by the way, is like a really badass task management system, which I'll probably, who knows, could I do a whole episode about ClickUp? We'll see. I'm sure it's possible. Back to these challenges of new businesses. I've been going over a lot. First, I went over the entrepreneurial spirit. Now I want to go over some challenges that I see happening in new businesses. Or it's not just that I see. These are facts. (laughs) Straight facts coming. Okay. So the first was self-leadership or leadership in general. And then the next, what I really see is 
lead generation. So that's really knowing who you're selling to, because oftentimes we know what we want to start selling or we know what our offer is and we put it out there and we do, is anybody going to come buy my thing? Uh, I hope so. It's funny. We're like, just put things out there and hope for the best. But really what, what we need to do is we need to really look, okay, who is my buyer? And I can just bring it back to when I worked for my brother's startup, who we originally thought was our buyer turned out was absolutely not our buyer. And it's funny now that I look back at it. But once we found our ideal client, everything fell into place. Everything in terms of messaging, outreach, sales, everything fell into place the moment we knew who our buyer was. And I've seen the same thing happen to me in my business with Goddess Support. It's lead generation, knowing who to sell to. I don't just offer my services to any entrepreneur. No, I offer my services to goddess entrepreneurs. If you don't have a spiritual anchor in your business, if your business is not based on your sole mission, then working with me is probably not for you. And so I've made that really crystal clear. If you're just in it for the money or the numbers or the cloud or whatever, you just want to be an influencer, I'm not for you, straight up. And I don't ever want anyone to be confused about that. And guess what? I don't think anyone is because I don't ever get applications from people like that. I did a little bit in the beginning, but I don't anymore, ever. It hasn't happened in a very long time. Actually, I did get one a few months ago, but it, it was somebody who had no idea what I was about. They just were like, oh, it's an OBM. I need that. And then she applied and I was like, hey, listen, this is different. <laughs> this is oracular online business management. So I don't know if this is for you. And she was like, okay, yeah, you're right. This is not for me because your business wasn't spiritual. And I have nothing against people who are not having spiritual businesses. At the end of the day, it's all spiritual because we're all spiritual beings. But if you're not really seeing it through that lens for yourself, then I'm probably not for you. I'm also really on the path of feminine business, more money, less energy, high service, and high artistry over just, I call it dude bro, dude business models. That's what we're about over at Goddess Support and in my world. That's what I want to be a part of. Those are the kinds of voices that I want to amplify are these feminine businesses, these women who have really powerful medicine for the world. I want to amplify their business, duh, because that serves me, it serves the collective, it serves them. It's a win, win, win. And I'm all about win, win, wins. As I said, that's a big challenge that I see in new businesses is lead generation. So you need to constantly be bringing in leads for your business because if you if you have a business, then you need sales. So you need leads. You need to be generating leads. You generate leads by knowing who you're talking to. You talk to them and then oftentimes you need to continue talking to them. You need to nurture them. So some people I also see, they don't have necessarily have a lead generation problem. Then they have a lead nurturing problem. Okay. The people are interested, but then they don't know how to really nurture them into making the sale. These are all topics that I could dive into for hours and hours, but this is just kind of bullet points. So next bullet point is really educating customers or clients on your product, especially if they've never heard of it before. Okay. Just look at the online coaching industry, the online space. There are so many courses, programs, thousands of methodologies different types of sessions. How is someone going to know? I have a woman in my world, in the goddess support world, who does iridology, 
which is the studying of the iris, the eyeball. I didn't even know that existed, you guys. Shout out Kasha. <laughs> I'll link to Kasha in the show notes. I didn't know that existed. And I haven't even done one of her sessions. I'm still in the education phase where I'm learning about this thing. I'm intrigued by it, but I'm not ready to pull the trigger on buying something because I'm still like, do I need this? And so you need to look at your own products, your own services, your own courses as, okay, this is something that nobody's heard of before. So there needs to be a lot of educating. Maybe I know who my ideal buyer is. Like I said, the lead generation, you know who you're selling to. It's like maybe spiritual women or people in the personal development path or other entrepreneurs. Like you know who that person is and maybe they're there. Maybe they're in your field. Like I'm in Kasha's field, but I haven't bought anything yet because I'm still needing more information. And 75% of your potential buyers are in your field waiting for more information. They're waiting for that one more piece of confirmation that your service or your product is what they need. And even just myself, I've created so many different types of programs, whether it was for myself or something that I've helped my clients do. And there's so many the possibilities are endless for the types of products and the education part of teaching people what it is you're selling is absolutely critical. How is someone going to buy something that they don't know what it is? And yes, those people will come around every once in a while. They're called sacral buyers, which I'll probably do an episode about types of buyers. I do have in one of my bundles that's going to be coming out later this year, I have a whole sales bundle coming out and I do already have a masterclass about the types of buyers, but that is one of the types of buyers. They're the sacral buyers in human design. They have their sacral center defined. And so they get that really clear sacral uh, or mm -mm, right away. And so if they're feeling that, uh, they're going to be a yes. And I've, I don't have my sacral center defined and I absolutely never buy on the fly. Never don't do it. Straight up. I bought a program this past October with Maria Stark. She's a singer and songwriter, and she's teaching this nine-month singing, songwriting womb journey, which I highly recommend. It is literally incredible. And I had no idea what we were going to be doing. I just knew it was with her, who she's someone that has been in my field, like I've been listening to her music for half a decade. That's how long it takes me <laughs> to make decisions, to make buying decisions. And there's also people in your world that take that long as well. But the moment she introduced her program and I learned about it, I didn't even learn that much about it. I just was like, this is a yes for me. And it was probably one of the quickest decisions that I've made in terms of timing, I didn't learn about it until three days before it started. And I knew I had to be in there. But if I had just met her, there's probably no way if I had just heard of her, obviously, I've never I actually have not met her in person. Now that I'm in her course, she's probably familiar with me and who I am. But yeah, I wouldn't have 
bought if I had just heard of this person. And so you have to know that there's people out there, they're getting to know you. They need to be educated about what you do and the and what you're offering. And even just pulling it back to this offering from Maria, it's so unique. I cannot describe it as just singing and songwriting. It is so unique. And how are people going to know? You have to educate them. You have to really teach them this is what we're doing this is what it's for da 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 okay so keep that in mind there's a lot of people in your world they just need to be educated on what your offerings are okay so the next challenge that i really see happening to a lot of new businesses new goddess entrepreneurs is timelines you will greatly overestimate how much you can do in almost any amount of time And this is not me trying to limit you here. I'm not trying to limit your abilities, especially because I know that anything is possible. So anything is possible. But something that you think will take you one month could easily take three or even six. (laughs) So keep that in mind. It's really important. I'm an online business manager. And so my job is to really take my client's desires and to bring it into reality, their 5D ideas, dreams, guidance, and anchor it into something in the 3D. And whatever timeline they want, it's usually very fast. And I have to really ground it for them. I have to ground it in reality of, okay, like this type of project takes this amount of time. And luckily I have that experience to where I can look at a project because I've done so many projects. I can usually look at something and give a much better estimation of the timeline than they probably think. And that's my job is to manage their expectations and to help them understand how these timelines work and how these projects really come into fruition and all the different pieces of the puzzle and the people at play and all the different things that need to happen. And that is also going to happen to you in your business, goddess entrepreneur, is that you're going to have a project that you want to do and then you're going to realize, oh, there's all these pieces of the puzzle and maybe this part I need a contractor for. And, And so just always keeping in mind that the timeline, you're going to greatly overestimate how much you can get done. You're just going to. I remember the whole reason I got bored with my brother's startup is that after one year, they hadn't raised funds. And that was a big part of it is that they needed to raise X amount of money in order to do X, Y, Z. And I couldn't handle the like, when's it going to happen? Just like waiting. It was like a waiting game. Obviously we we're building and all that kind of stuff, but it got really boring to me. And it also wasn't my business. I have the entrepreneurial spirit. It was their business. It wasn't my business. And so I got bored with it very easily, but they had persevered. My brothers persevered and they ended up selling the business for $6 million. But guess how long that took? A decade, 10 years. They sold that business 10 years later for $6 million. So just keep in mind that in one year, you may not be exactly where you want to be, but it's key to keep building, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Don't just start over with a new business. That was my mistake in my 20s is that I would start a business in one year. I wouldn't be where I wanted to be. And so I would scrap it and I would start over. I think it was three years in a row where I started three new businesses. And I am so glad that I broke that pattern and I stopped doing that. 
And I just kept building at the business that I have now. And obviously none of those businesses probably were supposed to be my business. I know that I am on my path now with goddess support and everything that I'm doing because I feel so aligned and I feel so alive and I feel in my mastery. And obviously I'm not fully a master because I'm still a human and I'm still working on things, but almost any question that any goddess entrepreneur hits me with, I have an answer. Either I have an answer from my experience or I have an answer from the fucking ethers because I am a channel and I'm an oracle and I can pull down what either that person needs to hear or the universal wisdom or the knowledge or whatever. I don't always rely just on my own knowledge, but I have a lot of that as well. Yeah. Do I wish that I'd stayed at my brother's business for 10 years? Absolutely not. I'm glad that they did it. They did an excellent job, but I I wasn't the boss and that was never going to work for me. I like to be the boss. I am the boss goddess. <laughs> and it's not that it's my way or the highway type of person. I'm really not, but I am such a natural leader that I end up leading anyways. So I may as well get paid to be at that high level. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. I've had desk jobs, but I've had jobs where management was shitty And I end up managing anyways and not getting paid for it. And obviously I was like, this is stupid. I'm going to be the boss. And so I am, but I'm, I want to be the boss goddess. I'm good at leading for the most part, obviously still learning. And that's just, that's the way that it has to be for me. And I know that I'm not alone in that. A lot of people feel that way. They're like, I want to be in charge. Now I will preface this by saying that, All of my team members, everyone that works for Goddess Support are also leaders. That is a huge quality that I look for when I'm hiring is that they need to be a goddess leader. They know how to lead themselves first so that I don't always have to babysit them. When I say I am a leader, I am not a babysitter (laughs) and I am not a micromanager. Okay, so May on my team might disagree with that. Shout out to May. I do my best to not micromanage. My micromanaging comes from the death grip that I have sometimes on quality. I'm really about high quality and I care a lot. And that's probably one of the most difficult things to train another human being in your business is for them to care as much as you do. And I really work hard to do that. And I know that I have succeeded with a lot of my contractors But it's also something that takes time as well. So you have to give that time. You have to let people make their own mistakes and take ownership over their own projects and things like that. So I'm the boss goddess, but everyone who works for me is a leader. And I love that. I'm an entrepreneur because I've always wanted my own business. I am a goddess entrepreneur. I have always wanted my own business where I can work from home. I remember having to get up and go to a job was an absolute nightmare for me. I hated it. Now I wake up happily to an alarm because I just have to go into my kitchen and make a coffee and then stroll down to my office. You know what I mean? And it's very luxurious to me. But overall, I'm an introvert and I'm a hermit. I easily go for stretches of one week, two weeks, probably two weeks is the max where I don't even leave my house or step out of my door. (laughs) I'm not exaggerating. In human design, I'm a six two. I'm a hermit. I'm an introvert. I love the idea of making money, even if I'm not working, i.e., you know, I can take a day off 
and I'm still making money. My income doesn't waver or I can making money in my sleep because I have passive forms of income. Ever since I heard of passive income, I've wanted to get it set up for myself because I'm a manifester. I don't have all the energy in the world like a generator as a lot of us are. I've been conditioned to behave more like a generator in how I operate in the world. And that's just from 70% of the planet being full of generators. And so we're all conditioned that way. So I am consistent in my quote unquote, my work. I'm consistent in my routine. I'm such a creature of habit and routine. I like bed at 10, wake up at seven, (laughs) boom, every single day does not change. That's why I had to become an entrepreneur because I was just like, I'm tired of leaving my house. I love my house. Why would I leave here? Why would I leave this place that I love and go somewhere that I do not love? Not an option. And then the other big reason that I became an entrepreneur is for time freedom. I like to make my own schedule. I'm a creature of habit and routine, but I also know myself. I know myself very well. And I know the optimal times of day for my personal brain function. For me, I can't really work past 3 or 4 p.m. because I start to make mistakes. And if I was locked into a job where I had to work every day till 5, well, jokes on them because they'd be paying me for at least two hours or three hours where I would literally be fucking up. not ideal to not have control over my own schedule. I just, I have to have it. And speaking of brain functioning, I have high functioning ADD and I'm truly a natural multitasker and I'm not sloppy. I am not a sloppy multitasker. I'm an octopus and I can have my hands in multiple things and I am making progress on all of those things. And I know that there's a lot of people who are like, don't multitask. Listen, everybody's different. Everyone is different. I am such a big picture person that I can successfully build a little bit at a time on a few different things all at once and achieve them all. However, when I am in my work flow, which is my creative flow, context switching which is usually how someone would describe multitasking. It's, oh, if I'm working on this and then I move over to that's context switching. No, for me, work is the context. I can be doing eight different things inside work and that is not context switching for me, okay? For some people it is and they need to get laser focused on one task at a time. So this is not advice. This is me explaining to you how I work. But context switching in terms of needing to pause my work and do something else really irks me. Oh my God. If my husband wants me to stop work or he's like, Hey, can you come over here and do this? I get straight up angry (laughs) and it's not even at him. It's just that I hate being interrupted when I'm in the flow. And it's probably because I'm juggling so many balls and I have to keep the momentum going, but I'm also very clear about that. And I've had to really let him know my boundaries. Hey, if I'm in the flow, don't fuck with me. (laughs) And he knows. So this is not me complaining about him, but anybody, even if I get packaged at the door and somebody knocks, I'm just like, Oh, leave me alone. (laughs) I'm in my flow. I think I'm at the end here. So I'll just keep riffing on my bullet points. I just want to talk about my early days. I think I mentioned in episode one, but I'll say it again if you don't remember, which I'm not assuming you were taking notes (laughs) on my life and my my podcast introduction. I really started in entrepreneurship, more freelancing, doing web design and graphic design. 
And one of my early website clients was a yoga teacher and I ended up assisting her and supporting her in person for three of her yoga teacher trainings and two of her retreats. Obviously I built her website. I didn't really do that much social media, but I did do graphics for her teacher training and we did flyers and I think we even ran an ad at one point. And so these were super eye-opening experiences. I got to visit Bali. We spent almost two months in Bali, which is amazing. Costa Rica spent, you know, probably six months there split up. It wasn't six months solid, but over, if I were to add it all together, it was about six months. And I really love both of those countries a lot. But at the end of the day, what I learned, and this is a really powerful thing to learn. And obviously there's like so many things in here. I could branch off on any of these topics and do a whole episode about them. But what I learned through that experience is that because this yoga teacher was quote unquote Instagram famous at the time, I don't even know if she is anymore to be perfectly honest. I completely don't look at her <laughs> on purpose. But what I learned is that Instagram famous people are often phone addicts. And just because you're addicted to your phone and drama and social media, it doesn't mean that you deserve an audience of tens of thousands of people to listen to your word as if you're Jesus <laughs> or would never lie or you'd never exaggerate or make up a story, which she did plenty. So discernment is super key online. The story could and should be its own podcast episode. So maybe I'll share that sometime. You let me know if you want me to spill the tea. <laughs> but after that, I wanted to make websites. I definitely don't want to get this involved. It, even though I was good at it, it was a difficult time because there was parts of it that were super aligned things that I wanted to be doing. But obviously I knew that my skill was web design. And I remember after that, I did quite a few coaching websites for other coaches. And then I, I did mention this in episode one, I was like, oh, coaching seems cool. Maybe I'll try that. And I did get my first coaching client out of nowhere. And that was my brand at the time was self-love medicine. I was doing self-love coaching and women's empowerment coaching. And she came out of absolutely nowhere. I put up a Facebook post describing my program. She wasn't even my Facebook friend. She just found the post scrolling late one night and felt that my post was a sign. And she contacted me, which by the way, these things happen all the time. Clients come out of quote unquote nowhere. It's called soulmate client attraction or magnetism and obviously topic for another time, but that's just proof that you can start anywhere, anytime and that you're ready. You just need to educate people about what you have to offer. And like I said, I did do the coaching thing for a while. And then I realized I enjoy websites. I enjoy the backend stuff. And I remember I got a DM from a woman who was like, Hey, who's your graphic designer? I'm looking for a graphic designer. And obviously I messaged back and was like, this is the graphic designer. I'm the graphic designer. And she's like, oh my gosh, can I hire you? And I remember looking in her and she wasn't fully Instagram famous, but somewhat. And I got trauma from, from my past client, danger, stranger from the internet. And I almost turned it down. And I remember I talked to my husband about, it. I was like, should I do this? And he was like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yeah, I like love doing web design and I'm not super jazzed on the coaching. And he was like, do it. And so I did it. And she was the catalyst for goddess support. In fact, she named me goddess support, which is very appropriate terminology to describe me, my energy, how I support, how I behave, how I treat people. I am goddess support, me, Mari. So 
anyways, shout out to Amron. I love you so much, Amron. I don't know if you'll ever listen to my podcast, but I do love you. And you're the catalyst for a lot of these things. And we are still very dear friends. She's not a client anymore, but she was for, I think about 18 months. And yeah, I super love Amron. But yeah, I realized that the, the business management and the web design and all those kinds of things is what I really love to do. And then of course it completely took over my life and of course, I still use all the principles from coaching it with my OBM clients. And I am a badass coach. I'm not afraid to say that. I like doing something with a tangible deliverable. And I have inspected this. And it's not that I don't value what can only be felt and not seen, but I think it's because I'm an artist that I like evidence. I like to create the beautiful thing. And believe me, I have doing some, been doing self-inquiry and investigating this. And I probably have some shadow work to do around this topic, but it comes from me having that experience with that Instagram famous person who on the surface on Instagram looked like a genuine spiritual teacher and was beyond a train wreck behind the scenes, abusive train wreck, literally. And so it got me feeling like can't trust people online. And I also saw it happening in the coaching industry. Obviously, this was years later. I saw people spending $10,000, $12,000 and literally receiving vapor. And as an OBM, I've cleaned up so many of those messes. I've heard so many horror stories of people who are reaching out to someone because they want a business coach. They want someone to help them in their business. And then that's not what they get. They just get vapor. They get spittle from the person talking, except for they can't even feel the spittle because they're not in person. They're just on Zoom or Voxer. And so I started to really feel disgusted by people who charge insane amounts of money for nothing tangible. But really, that just means that these people are not my clients. There are people who get things out of that. And just like how I had a traumatic experience with a past client who was abusive, I got something out of that. She was really powerful medicine for me. And so it's not that I wish that hadn't happened, but I learned something from it. And what I learned is that I like to support and help people in the 3D. My goddess clients, they need support with the 3D. And I love to help anchor 5D businesses into the 3D. That's really what I love to do. And like I said, there is a lot that you can glean. There is a lot that you can learn from doing just talk coaching or mentorship or business coaching or whatever that is where they don't implement anything for you. But for me, I always know. And I know this because as a manifester, I have had so many judgments put on me that I do tangible work. I've had people be like, you shouldn't be working. You should just be the mouth or you just be the coach. Stop doing done for you services as a manifester. You wouldn't believe how many people have told me that. And that's their advice for me. And to me, that's generic bullshit advice. I am so earthy and grounded. If you meet me in person, I am a super grounded person. In fact, my client, Amy Belair, did an Akasha greeting for me. And we were looking at my past lives, which I've had very few human lives, but I've had thousands of plant lives, which we just thought was so funny. I'm a fucking plant, you guys. I'm a tree. My spirit animal is literally the redwood tree. And so in in all reality, there's no one better 
to help you anchor a soul mission 5D idea into the 3D than me. I am that person. I am not white, light, whatever, ascending into the hundredth dimension. That is not me. I am the dark goddess of the dirt. I am descending into the dirt. I am with the worms and the mycelial network and the roots. That is where I am. That is my realm. Okay. So if you don't have those qualities, you need someone like me, especially if you are feeling overwhelmed at times by having to do things in this third dimension. If you just want to stay high and in the ethereal realms and you're having a really hard time grounding things down, you need somebody like me. This is what I'm good at. This is what I love to do. So anyways, that was my riff. We talked about several things in this episode, the entrepreneurial spirit, which obviously I love. That's a mainstream term that contains the word spirit when it comes to entrepreneurship. I love that. I think that's freaking amazing. Life affirming evidence that this is a path for personal development and for spiritual development. And then we also talked about the challenges that I see happening in new businesses, specifically with any new business, but obviously through the lens of the goddess entrepreneur. And I just want to thank you so much for tuning in to goddess entrepreneur today, and I'll see you in the next episode.